0: Marvel Entertainment and SiriusXM present a preview of the history of Marvel Comics,
1: Black Panther. What's up, fam? Welcome to the history of Marvel Comics, Black Panther. My name is Nick Stone, and I'm an author, comic fan, and Shuri Stan. But most importantly, I am your beloved host. For the next six episodes, I'll be leading you on a journey through the evolution of Marvel's first Black superhero, the Black Panther, to start, we'll go through Black Panther's origin story, his first appearance in Fantastic Four number 52, and, of course, his time with the Avengers. So think of this episode as a primer, a way for new and old fans to have a solid idea of how T'Challa came to be and how he's grown since. But most importantly, we'll dig into why the Avengers' first Black member went through three years without letting any civilians know he was Black. Yup. I mean that. He didn't even get to reveal it himself. He was outed to start a race war. Wild, right? But we'll get to that in due time. For right now, let's take a trip back to 1965, a year before the Black Panther's debut. So, in 1965, the Black Panther wasn't the Black Panther. He was... The Coal Tiger.
0: So the Coal Tiger was the original name that Stan and Jack came up with for his first African superhero, the character that would be introduced in the page of the Fantastic Four as the first black superhero in the Marvel Universe.
1: Now, I'm going to assume y'all know who Stan Lee and Jack Kirby are. But just in case you don't, they're the fathers of the Marvel Universe. However, that voice you just heard is Ben Saunders. He teaches English at the University of Oregon, and he's been lecturing about the history of comics since 2006.
0: And their knowledge of Africa came almost entirely from things like Jungle Adventure stories, Edgar Rice Burroughs, Pulps, Tarzan movies.
1: A quick note here, Jungle Adventure stories? They were also known as jungle comics. It was a very popular section of genre comics that showed super racist portrayals of Black people. They also often featured a white savior at the forefront, which, yeah, we know how that went. Let's get back to Ben.
0: What they did was took those genre tropes that they knew and reversed them, played with them. And I think what you see in the Cold Tiger conception is the idea sort of halfway to completion. They haven't actually figured out how to, flipped the script as dramatically as they ultimately ended up doing. And of course, in the end, the way that they did that was by creating Wakanda as this mythologized, technologically advanced, separatist African nation, which could be imagined as somehow reversing every cliche about Africa that they had seen in those jungle
1: adventure stories. And luckily for all of us, they reversed the name as well, because Black Panther has a way better ring to it than Coal Tiger. At the same time, though, there was a lot going on in 1965 that may have inspired Stan and Jack to make such a radical new world.
0: There's a lot of social unrest on various fronts, you know, as far as like women's liberation and civil rights issues and all of the things, right? And, uh, of course, the Vietnam War is looming.
1: That is John Jennings. He's a super talented artist, writer, and editor. But most importantly, he studies race and how it's portrayed in various forms of media, especially comics.
0: There's a lot of unrest. And, of course, like America has never really been good at dealing and I'm just being really kind about this and never been really good about dealing with his issues around race and about representation and about equity in those areas.
1: So with America at its boiling point, what inspired a bunch of white dudes to debut an African prince to their roster? Because the average comic book reader at this time was probably the exact opposite of that. Let's get back to Ben.
0: The assumption about the readership was that this is for the emotionally immature straight white male But I think we should nevertheless be very cautious about going along with this widespread image of the audience in the industry, even though it was the industry's own perception of itself in some ways. Because the problem with just going along with this is it risks writing other kinds of readers out of history. And I think it's really important to remember that even if other kinds of fan have been historically rendered invisible, they were, of course, there. There has always been female fans, queer
1: fans, and fans of color. And Black Panther's white fathers, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, they knew that. But they also knew they needed to warm up the assumed straight white male audience first. So Marvel starts including racial diversity and background characters. Now, I know that sounds small, but these are the breadcrumbs that would eventually lead to Black Panther's debut.
0: So... The Panther is created, I don't think there's any question about this, in response to shifting cultural awareness around ideas of race both within the United
1: States and internationally. So here's the moment of truth. Stan and Jack toil for months on a Black character who would be the ruler of a nation. Not a caricature, not a stereotype, and not a political war cry, but a savvy superhero who happened to be Black. Because at that time, that was a big enough statement to take a risk on. On April 2nd, 1966, the Black Panther arrives on the glossy cover of Fantastic Four number 52.
0: Learn more about T'Challa's untold origins in the premiere episode of the History of Marvel Comics, Black Panther, hosted by Nick Stone. Hear it now exclusively on the SXM app, or by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts, and coming soon everywhere. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash Black Panther.